November 21, 2020, is Swap for Pedro's show. <laughs>
people. Happy Saturday. Happy uh, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I should tell, uh, yeah, we started with John Coltrane doing Offering. And then something from mm. my guest, Ed Wilcock. Ed, where are you talking to me from? Uh, Philadelphia right now, in a, a beautiful Belmont Park in Philadelphia, outside, practicing drums in the park. When I'm thinking of a park in Philadelphia, I'm thinking by the zoo. 30- yeah, you're very close, sir. Okay, very, very okay, close. Okay, 33rd Street, where John Coltrane bought his first house with his GI Bill money. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I could, uh, I, I could certainly walk to it. I could almost see it from here. I could almost see it from where I am. And there used to be a gig, and I heard it might be making a comeback, but the North Star Bar. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm afraid that might be another uh, COVID victim. I'm not sure. There was, uh, I no, think it was no. getting kind of squeezed between COVID and, and gentrification. Yeah, I think it, it might was on, not. I think it was on the way out before the COVID-19, but I, I heard there might be, plenty. you know, things are going to turn around. I never thought everything was canceled anyway, just postponed. And uh, yeah. some breakthroughs with the vaccine, people are getting a little more smart about uh, watching out for each other with the health. So yeah. the tunnel is far and bendy and twisty and stuff, but way down there, there's a little light, I think. Anyway, yes. let's talk about the now here. Well, actually, let's not talk about the now here. Oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, want, I want to go back. I, I want you to... Give me your earliest musical recollection, please, Ed. Oh, for me, well, I was I was born down south in the '60s, so for me, probably probably on the weekend, probably every Saturday morning uh, in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, uh, my father would take me to get a haircut, like every Saturday morning, I would get a haircut, and uh, so it would probably be uh, you know listening to Glenn Campbell, driving around with my dad in the. Biloxi and, and uh, Ocean Springs on a Saturday morning in the 1966, 67, something like that. Okay. And uh, when you weren't in the car and you were at the pad, was there any musical instruments? Not really. No, no. Um, we Well, we moved around a lot. Uh, my my father moved around a lot when I was young and then we would sort of the rest of the family, we would sort of try to follow him. But usually by the time we got where he was, he had gone somewhere else. So it was kind of a rootless kind of, a, you know, traveling light. But I would say this, I would say, cause I was, I was thinking about this, you know, to speaking to you as me putting things in perspective and um, my mother had a small record collection, just a couple dozen records, but it was phenomenal. It was uh, uh, Thelonious Monk with John Coltrane and uh, Ema Sumac and, um, you know, some of those Smithsonian uh, Kabuki and uh, belly dancing records. And when I think back, when, when I think about the stuff that I listen to now, that's pretty much it, you know. So I would say that uh, um, that was certainly uh, very formative for me. But but uh, but uh, yeah. As for a drum set, I I'll tell you, I did, I did not have a drum kit till I was about uh, 25, 26 years old. I was a very late bloomer. 
Well, you know what Mr. Wells said? No wine before it's time, Ed, so don't worry. Can, can we still stay back in the old days? Can you remember the first record you bought? I mean, that's bitching your ma had those records. Ema Sumac, I got yeah. to see her twice live. The Roosevelt Hotel oh, in what? Hollywood. What? I shit the my mom, my, Yeah, my mom saw her at the Hollywood Bowl in like 1958. She said it was the most amazing thing she had ever seen in her life, you know. But uh, the first record I ever bought with my own money. Yeah. Maybe maybe McCartney. Uh, Venus and Mars are all right tonight. You may, may, maybe that one. Maybe okay. that one. Now, what about at school? You probably went to a bunch of different schools since you're moving around a lot. But did any of them schools have a music program that you got into, like choir or the marching band or shit like that? Uh, no, no. Um, um, when I was a kid, let me think. You know, when I was a little boy, I lived in Scotland for a few years, and uh, they they didn't let me in the choir. Uh um uh let me think then i was in boarding school when i was a young teenager and again just you know it was um i think it was more of a, 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 i think it was more an issue of just not having the equipment available well i just asked uh, i would have looked Ed, I just asked because some schools got rid of their arts and music departments, and I'm just curious. Uh, can I can I ask you the first gig that you went and saw? I'm going to say when I was maybe 12, 13, I, was, I had a nice uncle lived in upstate New York, and there was a summer festival, the Henry Paul Band from the outlaws <laughs> sure, and it sure. was pretty good it was pretty good okay. but uh yeah okay i, I want to play something that you did with uh, marshall allen live but uh oh. you call it untitled
looked, I saw an immense dust storm come from the north. An immense cloud with lightning flashing from it. A huge ball of fire glowing like bronze. Within the fire were what looked like four creatures vibrant with life. Each had the form of a human being, but each also had four faces and four wings. Their legs were as sturdy and straight as collars, but their feet were hooked like those of a cat sparkled from the fire like burnished rock. On all four sides, under their wings, they had human heads. All four had both faces and wings, with the wings touching one another. They turned neither one way nor the other. They went straight forward. Their faces looked like this. In front, a human face. On the right side, the face of a lion. On the left, the face of an ox. And in back, the face of an eagle. So much for the faces. The wings were spread out with the tips of one pair touching the creature on either side. The other pair of wings covered his body. Each creature went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit went, they went. They didn't turn as they went. The four creatures looked like a blazing fire or like fiery torches. Tongues of fire shot back and forth between the creatures and out of the fire, bolts of lightning.
glad this bag is not just my bag. I hold no weight in this vessel. I hold its value. It comes to me as a temporary load, a gift to pursue. Not to indulge or overuse. This grief runs deep into and through. Rekindles pain. I had no idea that I needed to go through and through it to go and go through it to go.
Live from Pedro Show, Untitled Improvisation, Ed Wilcox with the Marshall Allen. And I think also, uh, I I believe the late Danny Thompson is also playing on that, like baritone. Sure, with sure. the uh, with the and uh, and the late Charles Cohen on uh, electronic musician, uh, great great uh, played the boucle, uh synthesizer. Uh, he was on there. It's a lot of yeah. They the average age of that band is probably uh, about seventy, uh, but uh, but still uh, pretty uh, pretty lively. I, I hope you'll I hope you'll find from. From giving that a listen. Then we had uh, Larry Mullins with myself doing a tribute to rock action, Scotty Ashton, brother Steve McKay, Ronnie Ashton, the Stooges. We we uh, it's coming out uh, the day after Thanksgiving, next Friday, right? Uh, 1970, our version, our tribute to them. It's also kind of a tribute to Simeon of Silver Apples too, because Larry played some uh, kind of weird electronic stuff. Because he's Knoxville like Larry. In fact, Larry got to play with him stuff. And, you know, when you lose a brother, it's tough, man. But it's part of the dealio. So why not use music to make some kind of bridge or whatever feeling uh, uh, sensation? After that, Jerome uh, Jerome, uh, Parker Wells with, uh, he's out of St. Louis, with Glowing Like Bronze, bass man. Golden Ghosts out of Derby, England. It's spelled like Derby, but it's Derby. Golden Ghosts, unfinished business. Uh, yeah, Ben Watson turned me on to Mint Douche. This tune called Harry. Harper Roos and St. George. One of those is a pseudonym from Delia Derbyshire, which was a pioneer in electronic music in the 60s. Before synthesizers with tape and everything. And a, t- a tune called Freeze t- a Frame. And then something else, including uh, Mr. Ed Wilcox here, Arthur Doyle with Bushman Yoga. Oh, yeah. Dear, another dear friend. Miss him. Miss him great. Now, uh, Ed, you said you got on the drum set at 25. So how'd that happen? I think, well... I was I I I I I was starting a nice little career as a theater designer, picture painter and theater designer. Just not happy. Just I, maybe I had an early midlife crisis, you know. And I I had always always wanted to play the drums, and uh, I'll tell you, it was it was my birthday. It might have been my twenty sixth birthday. And I had been I had been kind of raised by my grandmother, and she had died recently. So I'm having my 26th birthday, and it was miserable. It was a terrible, terrible birthday. My my uh, no cards, my no cake. I was bickering with my girlfriend. Off. I go to the mailbox. There's a check from my deceased grandmother in the mailbox. How the, I don't know. She'd been gone a, a year from me, and I took that. I bought myself uh, bought myself a first set of drums and um, dove in. You know, just practiced, 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 and and some by some miracle, uh, you know, a couple of years later, I'm 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 there at the CBGBs playing the playing those drums from my grandmother. 
Now, did you take any lessons? No, you know, and I think it's just I I I I, sh- I should have. I don't want to discourage young people from uh, not getting education. And 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 we were talking about you know how musical and arts education is is so crucial and such a lifesaver. But uh, but for me, I just I just wasn't good at school, you know. Uh, you know, I, I I recently read an interview with Roy Haynes, and he. He said when he was young, he wanted to play the drums, and they gave him this book, and it had all these pictures of, like, colonial war soldiers playing, you know, standing there playing a snare drum. And he looked at that book. He said, no, not for me. Somebody gave me that exact same book. (laughs) And and I just said, you know, I don't don't think Keith Moon did it this way, you know. And um, But that being said, I practice all the time. Uh, you know, y- 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 there's 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 different roads to to get where you want to go. Absolutely, and, and that's why I have people tell about their journey on my show because yeah. I want to say yeah. there ain't one way to do this. In fact, I have yet to hear a duplicate journey through music in 19 years and seven or eight months. I've been doing this show. I do have, I do have, I do have, I have a bone to pick with you there, sir. I, when I first got those drums, I'm 26, and I'd only had them a couple of months, and I'm there with some friends of mine. These these two brothers played bass and guitar. They'd been playing a couple years longer than I had, and so we're gonna form a band, you know, write some tunes. I thought we were just jamming, filling this stuff out, and. Uh, and and these Paul and Mike Evans, they turn to each other and they say, "Let's let's let's try Brave Captain." I said, "Okay." I thought this was just some tune that they had written. I could let me tell. I still can't play that tune. I don't the rhythm section on that tune. Yeah, that's, that's you can there you can take some lessons yeah, from those. Well, guys. I'll, t- I'll tell you. <laughs> how, I'll tell you how George Hurley learned. George Hurley bought. Wow. Uh, he bought my generation. Yeah. No, no. Happy Jack, the the one before. Okay. Happy Jack. Yes. And he bought by the Who, and then he bought Spectrum by Billy Cobham. Oh. And, oh yeah. And yeah, he got a, yeah. a, a Econo stereo and some headphones, and he fucking beat drums into himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Just yeah, played yeah. with the headphones onto these records over and over and over. Quit making skate. He was making surfboards at the time. He gave all that up, turned the shed, the workshop kind of shed for making surfboards into a drum prac room and just went to town with these two records. Good for him, man. Wow. Wow. So that's wow. what you were yeah. hearing. You were hearing me and Georgie, and I learned from playing with D. Boone from Creedence, yeah. Clearwater Revival, and Blue Oyster Cult records. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, amazing, amazing. I so, you, you know, that. you know, everything, there's consequence, right? That's that's the thing. It's a, we didn't try to make, and I'm sorry for those brothers trying to fool you into thinking they wrote that. <laughs> I'm genius. I thought these guys were genius. I'm still scarred. I'm still like, I still have an inferiority complex to this day. I thought these guys, that was a good tune. <laughs> okay, now, <laughs> yeah, no scary times. You know, I had lost D. Boone and Edward came from Ohio. He found my number in a phone book and just showed up. 
So I didn't know what to do, and that's what the, me and him wrote that song, The Day He Came to My Path. Now, I want to I wanna know about your first gig ever. What was that like? What was it? First gig ever. Well, we had my, my very first band. I were, were these two brothers, the, uh, the Tomahawk Kids, which was uh, I, I loved uh, Alex Harvey. It was wow, Alex me Harvey. too. But, yeah. Vambo, <laughs> Vambo rules in Hot City. The best, the best. But that being said, I think we sounded more like Guadalcanal Diary or something. But uh, we played a couple little, uh, you know, bars. No, but I want to know about the first one, Ed. I'm going to tell you, you know what? The I'm going to tell you, though, the, we, I'm going to tell you maybe the third one. We, we were offered a show at, uh, this big, big punk club. Uh, but it was about two hours away from, from Philly. And uh, the other guys didn't want to do it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I went up there to this big punk club. There were hundreds of kids. You know, it was like a battle of the bands. And I just did a like a 40-minute drum solo and hollered away. <laughs> and And the guy that ran that club said... That was amazing. You, 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 if you get some other guys with you, you can play here anytime you want. And I think it was that, you know, that that breakthrough. You know, I'm, I, 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 I've been telling you, my young stepdaughter, you know, like, you know, it's it's good. You know, you, you grow up with your friends and, and you're you're comfortable. And but sometimes you just got to cut the cord you know and and do something that you know that this suicidal you know crazy and uh and it paid off you know and um it, you know when, once you do that you know you, you you just have no fear anymore you know if if you're willing to go up in front of a couple hundred strangers and just let it out and and you know and you'll be surprised because when you do that you know you're scared but actually those people are usually pretty supportive and um, it, it certainly was a it was an eye opening experience for me you know um, you know and 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 I think that was really. Uh, crucial you know i some something i still do to this day you know ed you've never had shit thrown at you um not actual feces that i <laughs> bottles <laughs> bottles uh you know uh you know i actually gotten a couple of scars we, there was a place i think we played with uh, arthur doyle that might have had uh, some screens in front of the stage you know and uh um but um, no, I sure. only I only ask that because sure. you said people are supportive because I, I've been in situations oh, where they're sure. not so supportive. <laughs> oh sure. Well, you know we we can certainly you know we can certainly you know you know you know the thing right. With, you don't you don't want to pander is, people, right? You don't want to pander. You want to challenge them. Sure. But also, you know, people bring their own baggage, you That's know, right. to the That's arts, right. to the to experiences. And so sometimes, you know. Well, but here's my know, situation. And, 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 
the worst reactions I got is when you're opening for somebody else and they don't want to see you. They want to see the band they paid to see. Oh, sure, sure, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that goes way yeah. back. They don't understand that those guys asked you to open up, you know. <laughs> they think it's a foist yeah. on them or some shit. Look, yes. look, Ed, we're at the end of the first hour of the November 21, 2020 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Special guest, Ed Wilcox. People, hold tight for hour two. November 21, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Hot for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with Pure Enchantment doing Pterodactyl over Moundville. And then Sam Bennett out of Tokyo with Home If I Can Find It. He's just celebrating his 25th anniversary, wedding anniversary. Untitled, uh, this improvised piece by Kaoru Abe and Toshi Suchitori, 1978, Kyoto University. Uh, pretty intense stuff. 38 Tigers after that with Bicarb. Then Bomas Prendon. Maybe I said it right, finally. Voices in my head go. And finally, the most music you're going to hear featuring Mr. Ed Wilcox here on out, Temple of Bone Mateen. So, Ed, tell me about this, uh, you know, in the chronology, because I've played uh, with you with Shining Path, Marshall Allen with Arthur Doyle, Pure Enchantment, and, and, and then Temple of Bone Mateen. What, what, what is the chronology? Well, probably the Temple of Bonitan stuff would be the earlier stuff. Uh, although, you know, I, I had that group for about 20 years, you know, kind of the kind of the Art Blakey and Jazz Messengers of uh, underground rock, you know, had a lot of people coming and going. Uh, and then... Um, Actually, Brother Steve, Brother Steve, right? Steve oh, McKay. Steve oh, played with us, and, and, and I was lucky enough to play with with him on uh, some of his records wonderful that we used to get up early and uh sit at, at the breakfast table and just kind of uh ham bone and scat sing old uh, charlie parker bebop heads he loved that and uh so we'd be, you know, getting up early and running through, uh, you know, air conditioning and stuff. And and then he had an an album, uh, Tunnel Diner. Uh, That's right. That's which right. Which I played on, and I I did the album cover for that. And yeah, if if you know the cover, it's very Absolutely. it's a real uh, David Stone Martin fifties jazz looking thing. And he he loved that because he 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 loved those old bebop saxophone players and it sort of made him feel like he was one of those guys. You he, know, played that, a Selma, he played a Selmer Mark VI, just like John Coltrane, that tenor that he used on Funhouse. He used all through the 125 months we did as Stooges. I got to spend a lot of time with him. He's a beautiful man. Yes, 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 he was. I, had, I, 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 I was moving recently, and I found a couple of uh, old letters that he had written me, and, and they were really... Uh, Touching, you know, just yeah, just yeah, you know, just nice, you know, no, no special reason, just, just wrote you yeah, a nice letter. No, and he, that was uh, he really used to sweet. speak. He used to speak highly of you. Let me tell you. Oh, oh, oh that was nice. That 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 that's uh, that. You're gonna make an old man cry, Mike. I appreciate hearing what, that. What, what, what about uh, the first yeah, time? Yeah. What about the first time you played with him, Ed? When was that, and how was that? We did. It was it was Temple of Bonitan first California tour. Probably oh gosh, I don't know, nineteen ninety eight, maybe something like that. Um, we were friends. I I had friends out on the West Coast. A, a band called Liquorball, uh, Grady Runyon and Marlon Casper. Sure, and yeah. so we. Yes, yeah, and and Steve would often play with those guys, That's and right. so I saw we that did band. a 
Yeah, we did a we did a show or two, you know, with those guys out on the West Coast, and Steve was with those guys, and and we just uh, you know invited him to sit in and 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 just kept doing that over the years, you know, and uh, so it was a it was a great great treat, great pleasure, and then he he was you know luck, lucky enough to play with him a few times when he was out on the East Coast and stuff, so so it was it was great. So you're saying the first time. You, uh, he was with uh, Liquor Ball, and you were the Tampa Bones. And, and uh, what you, yeah. you had him on the stage, like you were sharing the bill, so you just shared uh, the stage. Sure, yes, yes, yes. And I had, I had, I had played uh, drums a few times with Liquor Ball, and uh, so it was, you know, and 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 they were very similar. They're 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 the way that those guys. Uh, looked at music you know they were similar to to the way that i felt about things so it was pretty easy you know just it was just it was like nothing you know and just uh, well i always ask about the first time because you can only have the first time once so i was just interested right away when i got to play with them i i felt a connect really strong yeah it was you know for me it was it was just it was just so surprisingly easy it was just easy you know it was like oh sure you know there you go you know and um which which you know not always the case but but with with steve it was uh it was, it was yeah it was just like somebody you'd known all your life you know i want to play and, something live here some, uh temple bomatine uh world cherry
cry when I love you She said, how did you know about that? I said, I've been there before Baby, down on the floor I know that's right where you're at I know that's right where you're at That's love, that's love, right? That love, baby. That's love. A groovy kind of love. That's love. That's love. That's love. That's love, baby. Come over here, baby. Stop talking so nasty.
Live from Pedro Show. Yeah, we started that chunk off of music off with World Cherry live, Temple Bone Mateen. Transcendental Road Blues from Chief Fuzzer. Lost number three dinners. That's love. And then finally, Beater, Temple of Bone Mateen. So uh, are you one of the original members of the temple? I'm pretty much the original member. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or the, the, the last man standing. Yeah, well, it, you know, it it was. Um, How did it get started? Tell me that. I man. think it was a friend of mine, keyboard player, wonderful keyboard player, John Mulvaney, um, who, uh, and you know, I think we just wanted to do something uh, adventurous, you know, something with no rules, and uh, and um, so we were playing a lot of you know more modern jazz kind of stuff, and a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that British uh, Canterbury rock kind of stuff, and uh, but then we started to expand the band. Met a wonderful guitar player, Trevor Dixon. And just became like ten times louder, and and uh, um, and re really, uh, I think we were lucky. We had some, you know, some, you know, some modest uh, underground success. You know, kind of managed to to keep us rolling for a while, and. Um, uh, and Trevor, I think, was also quite exploratory, really, you know, in a not so much in a jazz way, but, uh, you know, really turned me on to a lot of underground metal, you know, prong and bands like that, you know. And, uh, uh, and um, yeah, just, you know, because, you know, with, within a year or so, me getting that drum kit on there, we are at CBGB's, and, and uh, it was... Uh, amazing you know really i can't i can't even uh uh i don't know if we deserved it <laughs> oh yeah you did. But, now, now you started, but we were loud we were very loud you started as a duo yet expanded into a trio yeah. do, do you guys get a bass guy though right we did have a bass player we had uh, a few originally there was a guy mark lux and he was in the band about a year and then we had a guy named rich lamb um, phenomenal bass player. Uh, a few others kind of coming and going. Uh, uh, a friend of mine named Eric Bailey's, who was actually in the band for at least a decade. Uh, um, but um, but I, I, you know, I would say I probably learned a lot. We, we did spend a lot of time without a bass player, and I think that kind of shaped my drumming you know more of a tribal melodic kind of thing you know i i the fir first things i ever learned on the drums were were just uh all the all the licks from uh from uh flowers of romance by public image you know where you know it was you know martin atkins martin is really atkins. the guy yeah i got to i got to see that tour where he helped uh, he what there what? was a tour with Public Image and John Ja Wobble and Keith God. Levine, and he was the drummer man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think he I was, was lucky. Chicago. I saw him a couple of times with Killing Joe. 
was it was phenomenal. I think he lives and, in Chicago uh, these so, days. He married a U.S. lady or something. I think so. I think so. He was, uh, yeah. But that that I would say that kind of style. But 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 at the same time, that goes back to like Gene Krupa, you know that sure, sure. kind of Tom Tom. Well, that record you know, there, that record there is really unusual record. It's almost all drums. Yes, yeah. yes, and I learned I learned a lot from that, and uh, well, that so that, that kind that, of if you want my opinion, that's why we're here to learn. <laughs> we're at the yeah. end of the second oh, hour, oh. November 21, 2020 edition of the Watt from Pedro show. Special guest Ed Wilcox. Hold tight for hour three. November 21, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro's show. Trees turn to pine, and the land you see has a quality, and it's wrong for me to be far from my honey.
live from Pedro show. Uh, the wind is blowing pretty hard now here. We got a lot of fucking noise. Yeah, there you go. People, we start off the third hour with Jupiter Beach from Temple of Bomatine. Then Wasted Space from Crane's Archive up in Idaho, Utapim. To realize, Glyps Trio after that with Russian Racing. And finally, Cockeye, Temple of Bone Mateen. So, is the temple, I mean, from the get-go, when you started with that keyboard man, uh, what's his name? Yeah. What was his name again? John Mulvaney. John Mulvaney. Yeah, John Mulvaney. Yeah, I'm sorry, John. Much respect. Was the concept was, we're not going to, you know, verse, chorus, verse, bridge. We're, we're going to improvise. Um, there was, I don't, I don't even know if we thought that we were, uh, we were very naive. It was definitely an example of, you know, uh, going far cause you're too dumb to not to, to turn around, you know, um, uh, we, we, we did try to write, <laughs> we did try to be good, but, uh, uh, no, I'm not saying was, good or bad. I'm just I mean, talking about the. Uh, the yeah, no. I'm talking about the I, concept, Ed. I'm talking about this idea where prepared, I, all kind of organized yes, thing versus letting the freak yes. flag fly. I think it was. You know, I think part of it, it because I wanted to form a band that was kind of a exploratory, and uh, I I think often you attract a lot of misfits and so um and that can be good or or bad you know um you know you 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 when you're young you know you think oh it might be good to be in a band with uh sid barrett and sid vicious and then you you realize like oh i've, I've made a horrible horrible mistake here <laughs> but 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 you know some sometimes you know you you, you hit it out of the park um uh, you certainly get some interesting stories, uh, but I, I think we, we, I think we were really interested in just, uh, you, you know, like, I, I've always been a fan of Miles Davis, you know, and and there's a guy who's his own playing didn't really change over the years, you know, but but the context that he put himself in. You know, every few years it was it was you know the cool jazz, and then it was the improvised, and then it was the electric, and I think that's kind of what I wanted to do. I I don't know that my drumming has changed much over the years, but I've been lucky to work with a lot of wonderful different musicians, and and that's just been a a, a treat. So what you say about Miles Davis, I agree with you. He knew how to put together bands. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Phenomenal. And he, Phenomenal. And he was not afraid to play with young people. I think Tony Williams was like 17. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I'm doing the same thing. Maybe, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, well, you mentioned we get Art to a certain Blakey. age. No, you, you mentioned Art Blakey. And Art Blakey, did, when I saw him, he had young people. When I saw Elvin Jones, he had young people. I, mean, yes. I think I think with the jazz yes. guys, there's a tradition. There's no problem with playing people that aren't the same age. Very important. Very important. Because it, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, you're, you're passing down what you know, you know, and, and, uh, 
and and um and, and you know sometimes it's just the simple you know the simple economics sometimes you know people grow up and get families and 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 some of us just keep on going and um so I have been lucky but I've I've been tremendously fortunate the last few years to you know I I after almost quitting music just to to find some young people who I I just love working with and you know very exciting and and uh and keeping me on my toes and uh so you know like the uh, the pure enchantment stuff with with Turner Williams is uh I just love it you yeah, know I, I, I want to I, talk to you about that but first I want to play fuse blowers oh
Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. We had Fuse Blowers, something live from Temple of Beaumontine. Then uh, Thor Harris, drummer out of Austin with joy, Joyful Noise Players, is Adam O.K., brand new. Flies on you with vacuuming. And then finally, tell me if I'm pronouncing this right. Shibalba? Oh, Shibalba. Yeah, with Smoke and Mirror. Yes, uh, also with some uh, some wonderful musicians. I was I was living in Miami for a, for a few years, and uh, Alex Diaz and uh, Eric Lopez. It was this young man. I there was a there's a wonderful club in Miami, Churchills, and sure. I would play at it a lot. An England guy and this, he runs it, right? Yeah, I played there a few I, times. Yes, this young man used to sneak in. I don't think he was 21. He would sneak in to come see me play all the time, and uh, and and he was very shy. Finally, I cornered him. You know, his name is Eric Lopez, and and I, you know, I got him talking a little bit about music. You know, and and he finally came over to my place. We started jamming. He's a phenomenal musician, and he uh, he had been born. The same year that Temple of Bonatan put out his first album, you know, but he's uh, he is the guitar player on that track and uh, just good people uh, from, uh, you know, imaginative and uh, technically proficient and and uh, and a sweet person. And uh, I, I, I love I love him and Alex Diaz a lot. Much, uh, much respect and, to them. Your current project right now is pure enchantment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you guys uh, doing? I, what are you guys doing right now? Well, Turner uh, had the good sense to marry a young lady from France, so he's he's away from all this. But I just uh, I just recorded about four hours of of drum tracks and sent it over to him. So I'm waiting to hear what uh, what he's going to do with them. Um, four hours. And, four hours. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, I don't know when to stop. You know, nah, but that's but, beautiful. Um, the guy don't can't have any excuse about not having enough. Oh no, send him a bunch of stuff, <laughs> and uh, hopefully, when this is all over, uh, it, we, we had uh, originally hoped. Uh, well, I yeah yeah, I we're, have we're a, gonna make do. We're gonna make do. I understand, <laughs> but I had uh, I, I well, like I had the a, idea of you. You know, doing four hours of music instead of just sitting on your hands and feeling sorry for the situation. Oh, of course, of course. Okay. Well, it helps. You know, it also helps. Uh, it helps me kind of put stuff in perspective. Yeah, and uh, what do you but do? Hopefully, uh, how do you do it? Hopefully, do you, do, you, do, you, do you, you don't go to a click track or anything. You just start playing, right? Yeah, I have. Uh, I got some little licks. You know, I get. You know, you know, like that. Uh, flowers of romance you sure. got little sure, riffs sure. on the drums and, uh, and so i uh had about a couple of dozen of them and i went and kind you know of, got uh, a uh, kind of motifs yes exactly exactly so went and uh you know got a practice studio and brought my little four track and and uh hammered them out took you know took you know several days uh uh no, I'm, but then, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very proud of you. I, I love it, especially on your own. This is what we got to – I like you talking about that so people hear that, you know, and you yeah, serve as a yeah. good example, Ed, you know. 
everybody's oh, got sure. something, something to learn from somebody else, even if the situation gets kind of dire like it is now. But we're going to get through it. Ed, it's been a huge honor for me to have you on the show. When you guys, when the Pure Enchantment stuff comes together, can you flow it to me and come back on the show and talk about it? Of course. All right, sir. Well, thank you for Very reaching welcome, out to me. People, it's been November 21, 2020 edition of the Wat for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>